Hashtag hello and welcome. My name is the Alpha Female, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Whoa! G'day, Maddie's Bushwhacker Luke here, 2015 Hall of Famer, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah! Whoa! This is pro wrestling's only modern day Viking Gunner, and you're on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, this is Leva Blue Pants Bates, and you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain and founder of Global Force Wrestling. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, fellas, uh, you guys have a great day. And and this is only because I'm talking to Canadians. It is actually spitting snow in Tennessee. Oh, my God. We're in. (laughs) We've had had 70-degree weather here. We really had a warm December. And I get on the phone with damn Canadians and we're spitting snow. My name is Carl Carafel. This week I'm joined alongside OMD and Chris Parrish. No Chris Best with us here today. We do wish him well. He is uh, going through something right now. And that's all we're going to do is just wish him well. want to start things off here by saying thank you to JJ for hopping in, saying what up, fellas. What up for you as well, my friend? Thank you so much for popping in. This is Turnbuckle Talk on Turnbuckle Studios, YouTube and Twitch. And as we talk about him, here he is, Mr. Chris Best, saying good evening, gentlemen. I apologize for not making it. Hey, you don't need to apologize for that. Uh, Things happen. We know that. We understand that. And uh, it is A-O-K. Absolutely. All the best. (laughs) That might be a good name for like a tag team. A-OK. Right? I mean, we've already had a B team. Right? <laughs> we already we've have an had, A-O-P. We and we've had an APA. Mm-hmm. We just haven't had an IPA. Not yet. But I'm Touché. sure Parrish might at some point have an IPA. It's right here. <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> Got to be prepared. This is Turnbuckle Talk. This is a pro wrestling podcast done in video format for each and every one of you. We're going to talk about some pro wrestling tonight. While we are still here, it appears as though something is not going to be around reportedly much longer when it comes to the WWE in regards to some of their merchandise. This is one of the first things that I had seen today when I was uh, looking up uh, topics for us to discuss on the show here today. And this one is that the WWE is looking at getting out of the home video market because they have a streaming deal in place already with a number of areas still getting that streaming service. Now, we do know that um, the European license revealed that no home video licensing deals for the WWE will be renewed after the end of the year. So as such, Crown Jewel will actually be the last home video release in the UK and Europe, while Survivor Series will be the last home video release for the United States. Me as well, Chris... 
CB is coming in saying, I already thought they were out of that market. LOL. What are your guys' thoughts on the WWE getting out of that physical media market? I'm disappointed, to be honest. I mean, I remember the times when, you know, we used to go to Blockbuster on a Friday night or Saturday night Mm -hmm. and rent a home video to watch for the weekend. Um, as well, you know, it's always a nice collector's item when you've been to an event, <laughs> regardless of how major or quote-unquote minor it may seem, to be able to bring that home and relive those memories. Right. I was at SummerSlam 04. I have that disc here. Right. Parrish, what do you think about them getting out of this media market? Well, I mean, it's a giant nostalgic uh, loss right um obviously for us who are older uh fans who you know grew up in the days where like you said omd we're, we're going to the blockbusters we're going and getting the copies and we're watching it with our friends nowadays it, it's a completely different machine right we're streaming stuff you can download things it, it's more on the you know the edge of a button so this is just the evolution of the world we live in although yeah it sucks because I still have plenty of VHS tapes, DVDs, and all that. I still have the Royal Rumble anthology uh, that is completely outdated because obviously they keep making Royal Rumbles. But yes, um, it, it's one of those things where they're nice to have. It's really cool to go back and watch some of the raw footage that maybe gets protected when the network came out, and then now you're watching on whatever streaming platform you have so right. it really sucks in that aspect but at the same time it's going to allow more people to get an easier access to it as well yeah so i still have i just did a rough count here um in front of me about 110 dvds maybe a little more right i still have wrestlemania 1 through 15 collector box set of vhs tapes yes you and me both yeah right <laughs> like um it's 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 definitely a collector market for that i definitely was one that collected it yeah um jj we're not afraid to say the word peacock that's that's the streaming service you got to well, hop Canada. on the cock and watch the WWE Network or Sportsnet. I mean, in Canada, we still have the WWE Network, which is kind of nice. Uh, <laughs> but so, I don't know. I mean, that that's one thing. Like when I I'm not I'm not looking at like trying to like cancel my cable because you can just buy like packages to stream. Right. right? Like it, it's yeah. such a weird thing. I'm 37 years old and I've never lived a life without cable television. And now it's a popular thing that most people don't have cable TV. So it, it's just a really weird uh, and different time because obviously there's that constant changing. And like you said, back in the day, like getting a VHS tape or all that stuff. And like, especially when tape trading was a gigantic tool just to learn mm -hmm. all those different companies especially how a lot of people in north america or here in canada like that's how you're finding out that there's something other than the wwf or wcw you're finding the ecw the new japan pro wrestling the the yeah. pro wrestling noahs and all that stuff uh it was that in magazines and both are kind of becoming 
obsolete now, but yeah, uh, yeah. like you said, a collector's item. And that's going to be something cool to have in the man cave when you have like WrestleMania one to whatever all on VHS DVD. Oh, of course. So now we do know that the WWE had looked at doing this before back in 2022 heading into that year. Last minute changes were made to keep it around for at least two more years. It's a possibility because in this business, never say never, that it could happen that there is another last minute change that comes about that keeps it around. JJ watches the neighbor's TV. They were scared the first time, and now they leave plates of food out for him on the window. Uh, uh, Chris says, uh, my go-to tape to rent when I was young was WrestleMania 4 because it had literally everyone on the card. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. I know. I couldn't tell you how many weekends in a row I rented WrestleMania 10 and just Mm -hmm. spent my entire weekend watching it right uh you know but i mean and chris alluded to it i mean the tape trading we're still going to be able to probably find that stuff at you know pawn shops and buy sell and trade places good old ebay right yeah i was gonna say ebay 100 <laughs> percent, and amazon yeah, yeah. yeah. and like it, it, it's such a weird thing too because i like Again, like we we grew up on this stuff. We grew yeah. up on collecting this stuff. We grew up wanting to oh introduce our friends by you know letting them borrow a tape. Like I remember, I, I have the original season of Tough Enough on DVD, and I remember a, a friend of mine like borrowing that. And like a year goes long, and I'm like, I want that back. I want to rewatch this stuff now. Right. Um, right. And then I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm I now have a son. So it's like he's gonna grow up thinking, "What? Like that is weird. What? What's a VHS?" And it's the same right. way when we, when we looked at our parents and they had a track and beta yeah. and all that right. stuff. And like it, it's, right. sometimes I mean, like you're you're gonna be like we're just repeating the process in different forms. But it is a sad day to see uh, something that lasted for so long. Yes, I mean you take a look at how much media has changed as we're discussing here with you know Mm -hmm. the home videos going out how often do we get to walk down the street and see a poster on a telephone pole for a wrestling show anymore as opposed to it being plastered all over our socials you don't even have pay phones i was yeah i was just gonna say pay phones you (laughs) hardly ever see pay phones anymore they're nowhere to be found nope jj's got a very good point there um vinyl is big again Right, yep. so it's not as though that this is probably something that's going to be completely lost. Um, maybe the VHS, I don't think that anybody will ever go back to VHS, but DVD and Blu ray, there's no reason why people, you know, couldn't or wouldn't go back to something like right. that. Chris Best remember seeing WrestleMania one on Beta, Beta Max. To be that, honest, I yeah. have a drawer full of vhs in my room and a vcr hooked up in there Mm -hmm. i got i got a few that are around i don't have the vhs though jj saying down in chicago uh there's lots of posters for indie shows maybe we don't see you know those posters and stuff because we don't get a lot of indie show here right Um, 
you know, we get CWE that comes through, which is absolutely fantastic, but that's really about it. Yes. And like, it's pretty wild because you mentioned WrestleMania one and like that was on close circuit television. That's yes. how people saw things back then. And then that evolved into the pay-per-view, which is still something a lot of us, like we still call the premium live event at pay-per-view. Yeah. Even yeah. though we're not spending $49.99 or whatever it is anymore. We're streaming it for a lot cheaper of a price. Right. Um, so like it, it it's one of those things like it just shows you the age of just how long uh, WWE has been around, you know, closed circuit oh, and yeah. now. Yep. Digital streaming platforms worldwide. Like it is absolutely crazy from day one, like just 1985 to 2023. Yep. And if I'm not mistaken, it was Vince in the WWE creatives that um, kind of brought that forth to to a, a real national stage uh you know when it comes to wrestlemania one with it being on closed circuit uh, not a lot of, of people were doing so but they took the chance and did it and uh started an empire so to speak of professional wrestling being shown yeah. for an extra cost yeah. and to I the mean, masses let's not forget like long before the days of the merch stands and all of that that was their revenue coming in true now you've got peacock you've got the sportsnet deal you've got the wwe network for the rest of the world you've got the t-shirts the coffee mugs the keychains mm -hmm. the weight belts the replicas now there's your revenue right and, and you have to wonder, too, what is going to be the next wave of evolution for WWE to market its product? Because we thought the DVD was revolutionary. Yeah. Like, I can look over to my wall here and still see Nintendo 64 cartridges. And we thought at that time that was revolutionary. That was right. going to change the world. Um and we're just looking at video games and how those consoles keep elevating and evolving oh, yeah. and just getting better and better. Um, I don't even have to buy the disc anymore. I can just download a game right. onto my uh, my console. So that's kind of going to be the interesting thing because at some point, the way streaming content is now is going to one day be obsolete. And it's mm -hmm. only just absolutely mind-blowing to think what is going to be the better solution now moving forward. Implanted chips. Yep. I have salt and vinegar chips here. Is that what you mean? <laughs> Pretty close. Pretty close. I implanted a few of those earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Neuralink instant download. Pretty much. I mean, that's that's almost what it seems to be coming to, right? And then uh, for a lot of us even who couldn't afford, uh, you know, to watch the pay-per-views or to get the DVD afterwards, you had things like the Napsters of the world. Yes. The, you know, file sharing programs <laughs> yeah. that were there that I used mm, quite, a, quite a bit. 
Um, PLEs in VR. Okay, so let's talk about that for a moment. I do know that the WWE at one point did try that with a WrestleMania. They had set it all up. They had cameras all around. They did VR cameras for a WrestleMania that I think is still accessible on their YouTube page. And it completely failed. I have a feeling that's how we're going to play a WWE 2K game eventually is yes. from the, uh, the VR. But I mean, and Sony I think does they, that. Yeah. yeah. You have yeah. to take a look at, I mean, other things that they tried that didn't work like WWE radio. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, there were times that, you know, you could go in and turn your radio to wherever on the AM dial and put your headphones in to actually listen to the show that you're watching. Um, even that's evolved now though, because just as we do on Monday nights, WWE has even started doing watch alongs. Yeah. So essentially it's the exact same thing. If somebody doesn't have the show, they can sit there and listen to this watch along while it's going on and still really get a feel for what is happening. So even that's evolved. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy too because you know 20 years ago we're not even in the position where we're doing what we're doing no uh, right the only way no. you're, like i remember when just facetiming became a thing and that was different and now we're revolutionary to, yeah yep. and we, we were able to you know talk with people in different time zones face right. to face right um or, and then now we're in a position where if we wanted to, we can go into one of these very StreamYard things and we can just share a screen and I could show you and I could yep. play the video of my network account. We can watch a show in private. Mm-hmm. Get in a lot of trouble if we stream it, but we can still do that. And that's pretty insane yeah. when you think about it. Um, and it's now everything's on like your fingertips. Like, it's I mean, just cr- crazy now of where we're going and how easier we're making things. But in the same time, man, you're wiping out a lot of things that, again, I say nostalgic to how yeah. we were shaped as wrestling fans. But, and yeah. it was it was a very special time. I think this is one of those things where you go back and you reflect on those memories and just realize how you became a fan. And, like, man, it, yeah. it was very special times. Yep. I mean, you look and going back to when they had the 1-800 number to talk to a wrestler or get your wrestling updates. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to Cameo and paying through the nose. I'm going to, to Cameo get and a getting minute greeting. Big League by Grayson Waller every time. That's fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know who isn't getting Big League anymore? Hmm. We're looking at... Uh... Oh, why am I drawing a blank? I've got it right here. Kevin Sullivan. Oh, yeah. Yes. Now, I do want to preface this by saying that AEW is not the only one that has had losses such as this right now. So Kevin Sullivan, the VP of post-production, was let go by AEW. It was reported that he was... Um, let go by the senior vice president and co-executive producer, Mike Manzuri, who made that call. Um, <clears throat> Sullivan, okay, who 
um, says no relation to former wrestler Kevin Sullivan. Okay. So we're, I just want to make sure that we, we understand that it's a different Kevin Sullivan. Yeah. Um, he was with the companies since the early days. Uh, the company's, uh, you know, post-production team uh, was really shaped and built by uh, this Mr. Sullivan. Details are really unclear right now, but we do know that he has left. Previously, he had been working with Impact Wrestling for 14 years, uh, running a post-production studio in Nashville, entailing editing and uh, doing video packages and promotional advertisements. That's really on this Kevin Sullivan being released by AEW. No word as to why. Did either one of you find out why? I, I um, did not. As of, I'm on sescoops.com right now, and this is okay. as of today, like as okay. of December 5th. Um, it's still saying that there is nothing, like there's still a lot of questions going around within AWS the reason for uh, his, or his dismissal. Um, and he's the latest notable exit from AEW's backstage team following the release of Punk. A steal was let go by the promotion for the second time last month. QT Marshall slated that he wouldn't be leaving AEW by the or that he would be leaving AEW by the year end. And apparently, this all a lot has been uh, very unsure, but it's been raising a lot of questions backstage from what I've been gathering, uh, just in multiple reports. Um, but it just seems like that there's looking to be a, a directional change. Right. And I mean, this is, this is also on reports that their senior VP, Megan Markle, I can't remember her actual name, has now stepped back from her duties with AEW to focus more on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Um, so we are looking now at... A company that is falling apart from the inside, um, you know, and, you know, I think a lot of that had to do with a lot of the influence that Cody had backstage. Could be. Um, I know we've seen signs in other shows that said, do not make backyard wrestlers EVPs. <laughs> right. <laughs> um now, I mean, to their credit, you know, look at the initial success of All In, <laughs> which is what launched AEW. Look at the names that they were able to bring in right off the hop. And now yeah. we're looking and hearing all of those names may head back elsewhere when their contracts are up. Right. Sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side. JJ, I just want to point out that we will be getting to your comment there. Um, it is something that we're slated to discuss, and we definitely will be. Ryan is saying, uh, Ryan, Papa Bear coming in. Love you. Says uh, AEW is in shambles right now. I don't think uh, Tony Khan could shoot himself in the foot if he aimed straight down. Tony needs a booker and a heater. Someone who can write the show and someone who will make sure that it gets done. Yeah, 
And JJ, you know what? You, you, you're saying that you love the AEW product and hope they keep pushing. I enjoy the product as well. And I really do hope the same, that they, they keep yeah. pushing, that they keep trying these different things and trying to figure out exactly who they are and run with it. Yeah. Right? The, there's part of me that wonders if what AEW is attempting right now is we're going to make some changes backstage because we know we have some age. Uh, I don't want to say it in the phrase of aging people, but we have some wrestlers that are getting up there in age and are starting to maybe transition into different roles with the company. Maybe right. people like Brian Danielson, like Paul White, the big show, maybe even a Chris Jericho um, among others. So I wonder if we're going to see maybe more influx of in-house former talent as we had somebody like a QT Marshall in a position of that stature. Maybe we're going to see just, you know, some new blood by, you know, a, just different, a different face. Right. The new um, veteran influence. As, as we, we've been seeing Daniel Bryan coming out publicly saying he was part of a committee that, you know, eventually led to CM Punk's dismissal with AEW. I wonder if we're going to see more, talent be a part of these kind of a things as you know just by chris jericho's recent interview with chris van vliet he says one of the things that tony khan is very much uh of and it was very similar to vince was very passionate about every little detail of the company so i don't think tony khan is undermining the fans by what the decisions here but I do think right now a lot of these de uh, decisions that he made is making, they're going to have a like fans are going to need a lot of patience before they start seeing some dividends. Yes, yes. like I, I do not want to see AEW go the way of WCW. Although there was a mock article out about that today, saying that TKO has just purchased AEW, <laughs> but. <laughs> It's not true. <laughs> no, it's no. not. Um, I mean, we do we do know that as well with, you know, everybody negotiating TV rights. Mm -hmm. You know, you have Warner Brothers Discovery is looking to potentially get Monday Night Raw, which would put both companies under the same banner mm -hmm. for a television deal. But you've got Comcast, which owns NBC and Universal, looking to acquire and or merge with Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, right. supposedly that deal for Warner Brothers Discovery fell through a year ago. Yes. Um, and Disney wants to get Raw now to put it on FX. But my question is, is like, because Fox let SmackDown go and Fox owns FX, why would they go and pick up Raw? Because Disney also owns Stars. Yes. So there's no reason why. Yes, FX is part of the, you know the Disney uh, umbrella, but so is Stars. And there's no reason why Stars couldn't be for the WWE on the uh, Disney Plus app. Okay. Papa Bear. Yes, <laughs> they should hire Michael Melkor. Um, Michael Melkor is an amazing guy. He's done a lot of work with OVW in the past. I love Mike. He is 
amazing. And yeah, I think that they should definitely hire him, even just for a little bit. Even just for a little bit. It's it's going to be very interesting to find out kind of in time, kind of more about the reasons of why this change was being made, though. Um, mm-hmm. Because as we're pointing out, there's a lot of moving pieces, whether it's surrounding television deals, whether it's uh, just other adventures uh, from the company. Um, and right. because of that, maybe company communications by doing these changes might say, hey, we could be a player in this deal, but we want we maybe would like to deal with somebody else. Maybe we want to deal with like we don't know every little detail. We can narrate what we think could be it till we're blue yeah. in the face. But at the end of the day, all we can report is that you know this this guy is no longer in that position, um, and really what we think is going to happen. So it, it's very it's very intriguing because in a world where it looks like AEW is just making you know, mistake after mistake after mistake. Well, you know, just a year ago, they were just on fire. Right. Um, So now it's just like, okay, what is happening? And I, I personally think they're just in a rebuilding phase and they realize that, yeah, things are going to be different. We have to start preparing for that different now. So by the time, you know, everything is in full swing of change, we're ready to go and we're not two steps behind. Yes. And I I agree with you to that point, Chris, because I think you're looking at maybe AEW trying to change the culture of that locker room because we've heard the reports of just how toxic it is. Um, Whether it was the um, press conferences from CM Punk whether it was certain people who aren't happy and people wanting out. But yes, if you're trying to change the culture to grow the business, fantastic move on their part. We all know how important it is to not just understand the next curve, but and not just be in front of the curve, but you actually have to be two steps above the person who's in front of the curve. It's always important to be first or the best at it uh because if you're neither you're not important and you're not relevant yeah bastard thank you so much for coming in evening to you appreciate you being here my friend now i I had said that the uh you know aew isn't the only one that is in this type of a situation right now when it comes to uh releases a notable one for the wwe was released a couple days ago. This person goes on to X and writes, Today I was released by the WWE. I met my husband, moved across the country from Connecticut to Florida for NXT, a place I've always considered home, and met friends that became like family. I've always said and firmly believe in when door closes, another opens. An interviewer in NXT and one of the most notable faces on WWE, The Bump, Mackenzie Mitchell, is no longer with the WWE. She had been an an interviewer for Impact Wrestling from 2016 to 2019 before signing with the WWE. Again, with this one, no other information besides that. Why 
are these people being released? Now, I mean, it really is. It's it's none of our business, right? I, and I know that. I know that it's really none of our business. But it just seems odd. I agree. Um, I agree that it's odd. But again, if you look at the number of backstage interviewers on Raw or SmackDown, there's really nowhere for her to go up. Um, whereas you right. have somebody like a Kelly Kincaid on Level Up who actually just did a backstage interview tonight on NXT. Right. Um, I could absolutely see, I mean, I could absolutely see Mackenzie Mitchell going back to Impact. Especially when they rebrand to TNA. True. Um, I could see her going home. I mean, even you touched on it yourself. I mean, she's, you know, when she was with the WWE, she moved from Connecticut, where where's headquarters, to Florida to work at the Performance Center to work on NXT. Right. We've got Impact going back to Orlando next month. True. <laughs> Well, first, 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 you just you just have to commend Mackenzie Mitchell though, and how positive of that uh, post was, and how oh yeah, just open minded she is to, you know, the next step, which is very important because yeah, um, we don't know, we don't know if this was just company based made decision, although we were hearing that and it was true that there were cuts um multiple cuts but we, we we were expecting that when the merger happened we were expecting that that's going to happen you know down the road and there's rumors that even more cuts are coming um but this could also be very simple of hey contract is ending with said person there's no interest of re-signing an next contract perhaps there's there's an opportunity there to deal with right now can I get out of my contract and maybe chase that? We really don't know. Again, that's a narrative that could be a thing, might not be a thing, just could be. And again, it's it's fun to think, what could it be? But all that right. we know is, yeah, this person is no longer working for WWE. Yeah. But the beautiful thing is there's no hatred. There's no negativity. It's yeah, a, I understand yeah, yeah, yeah. it, and I'm looking forward to the next chapter. I'm very grateful for what this move brought to my life. But now I'm excited to see what the future holds. And that, to me, just showcases just how amazing of a person and the professionalism we saw out of Mackenzie Mitchell. And yeah. Whatever she decides to do, whether it's returning to WWE down the road, going back to uh, TNA, uh, formerly known as Impact, or even something else. Because as we know, when it comes to being a commentator or an announcer, even Renee Paquette did not uh, necessarily want to stay in WWE, wanted to chase other goals as well. Sure. Um, just like, you know, Marissa Mazzola, who was the wife of Shane McMahon. She decided she didn't want to stay doing it because she wanted to be a mother instead. Um, so, I mean, as long as there's something else, I think, you know, as, as much as it sucks, as she says, as soon as one door closes, one opens. And maybe, just maybe, as you said, uh, this opens the door for somebody else 
become a board and get that opportunity. Right. Like, let's look at uh, somebody like a Charlie Caruso who has gone on mm-hmm. to have yep. a fantastic career in sports. Right. Mm-hmm. Jonathan yeah. Coachman, too, as well. Like, you Absolutely. look at what he does. Like, it still blows my mind. Nobody talks about it, but when you play Madden <laughs> yep. and you do like a, like a, a league, like a fantasy league, or not a fantasy league, but like a dynasty league. And there's tweets about games. His name and his Twitter or yeah. his ex account now, it's in there. And he's always yeah. in the Madden games for that. And he does so yeah. much. He commentated Logan Paul's last boxing fight. Right. Um, and yeah, it's just crazy. Um, you yeah. know, there's other platforms. And that's the beautiful thing about WWE is Absolutely. that they have their foot in so many things. That when you decide your time is done with WWE, you could have a plethora of opportunities ahead right. of you. Let's look at another I one. Like this. Best. <laughs> look at another one like Jackie Redmond, who not only does Raw, she does the AE shows for them. She right. does her work with the NHL network with ESPN. Yes. <laughs> she is all over the place. Oh, yeah, she definitely is. I just find it interesting that since the takeover, uh, the TKO takeover, there has been huge shakeups that have happened uh, to the point where well over a hundred people have been released or uh, fired or laid off from the company. And it makes me a little nervous and a little weary Considering the news that I'm hearing today as well, TKO COO Mark Shapiro is talking about the Saturday and Sunday night shows, house shows that the WWE does becoming a thing of the past. Now, I think, okay, I understand money i understand business i've been there i've done that i've worked it all of that jackie redmond's work ethic is impeccable um i don't know though that it is a good idea to get rid of house shows considering there is a large majority of people and i'm gonna put myself included who can't always afford to go to a pay-per-view but if there's a house show that's close where tickets are like 40 bucks as opposed to 400 bucks i can do that yeah um i'm gonna take the approach of giving the workers the time to be with their families (laughs) mental health reset um I understand your point of view, Carl, and I agree with you, but I think this is probably something that, you know, they want to keep their wrestlers and their talent in peak health, both physical and mental. We also know that with the SmackDown deal moving to USA come October, they are producing four more primetime events for NBC. Right. So... I'm wondering if that's going to be a replacement or if those are going to be, you know, a new type of level up type of show. Right. 
my only rebuttal to you in that instance is going to be the number of people that are on the roster for the WWE right now. So you can still send some people home, give them two months, three months of, you know, you got the weekends off, you're all good. But when you come back, you know, we kind of need you for a month to go and do a couple house shows. We'll see how you do over there, you know, in maybe trying to build this feud or something like that. Um, I I think it's doable to be able to do so. Um, Yeah. I mean, smaller markets, I, I think would, would be a good thing as well, but then you run into the issue of, are they going to draw? is going to be the issue. Like if they were to come here, it it would be a total loss for them. There wouldn't be enough revenue for them. No, not at all. But they go to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they're packing the house. Um, I've been to a house show, though, at what was the Air Canada Centre, now Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, which is a 20,000-seat arena, and it was 2,000 people. Parrish, what are your thoughts? Um, I think, too, like, yeah, I mean, I was uh, watching Impulsive today where uh, Logan Paul had Randy Orton on, and he was mentioning that one of the biggest changes that he's noticed now in WWE is that you get a lot more time off to be with your family. There's a lot more leniency, and, in fact, Triple H, uh, Randy Orton quoted that Triple H actually makes sure that you can, you know, go home and to see the birth of your child, whereas back in the old days, it was something that you knew you were sacrificing because that's what being on the road details. Um, right. So with that is a grain of salt of understanding that, you know, there's clearly, uh, there's clearly that morale spark where there's an understanding that, okay, we do not want to run these, ta- this talent pool into the ground. And then you also have to look at what we're expecting to see in 2024. And that is multiple more bigger PLEs or bigger shows out in the Germany's out in the France. There's a lot of that. You then have to account that, okay, if they do a big say tour in France, it's going to take a day or two to come back and like reset. And when you have shows on Monday and Friday, you, you aren't going to be able to say, okay, well we do the Monday show. We do the Friday show in between. We're doing these shows they they normally do give their talents two days rest a week anyway, where right. you know they're on the road five times at max. Um, so it, it's something that I think over the time we're starting just to see that maybe WWE is understanding. Look, we're not gonna say no more house shows because the one word I never heard out of your mouth when you said that was the word permanently. So this could be a trial base. This could be a way to see, hey, if we maybe cut out some weekend shows say during between now and Wrestlemania and then start back up post Wrestlemania this might leave some pressure of our talents from getting hurt prior and then maybe they can capitalize on the bigger shows that are your Royal Rumbles your PLEs your Wrestlemanias because you want talent to be 100% or close to that for those shows whereas it's a house show you're like okay well if you're likely to get hurt, we're going to take you off this anyway. So maybe those numbers are spiking up a little bit more. 
and they're saying, you know what, maybe just maybe uh, we'll, we'll take this into account and we'll minimize the risk of hurting our talents just so when we do have larger shows like a France show, a Berlin show, so on and so forth, you know, we can put our best foot forward and therefore get maximum dollars in revenue at those shows. Right. It's covering up your face, Parrish, but I want to bring this up from Chris saying, uh, one story that bugged me was Bret Hart back in the 1990, uh, the night before Survivor Series, his brother had passed away. He was told uh, he still had to wrestle the pay-per-view. Um, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even in that category of like having to work 300 days like Bret Hart did. Um, but I remember I wrestled the same day as my mother-in-law who passed away. And I, I wasn't forced to. I easily could said, no, it's independent wrestling. Um, right. But I will tell you, <laughs> wrestling can be the best distraction from some of your personal stuff right. that I know, Carl, only you both can attest to this at times. Um, it does suck because it does put you in a position of helplessness. Um, it, it really depends on the person on that time. But I think now we're seeing like you mentioned mental health uh becoming more open i think this is going to allow uh that to be more of a thing that the company is aware of and watching as as we go because if your mental health is bugging you on the road and being at home can call uh, could help cure that then yeah i think wwe is doing a great job of saying okay we're going to give you a couple more days of being at home right very very interesting huh i don't know we will have to see i guess <laughs> that's the way that it always is within the world of pro wrestling you just have to wait and see just like the wwe hall of fame yes we still have to wait and see who is going to be included in this year, next year's uh, Hall of Fame ceremonies? But there are at least two names that are being thrown around right now. One of those being Bray Wyatt. And the other one coming from The Undertaker himself in Gold Dust? Yes. And I mean, you look at Goldust, and I mean, in Undertaker's own words, he took that character and made it his own, the same way that Mark took The Undertaker right. and made it his own. Goldust, Dustin, branched away from being the natural, from being a Rhodes or a Runnels to become Goldust. And you look at his career, the longevity he's had, and all of the demons he's overcome. Right. So, absolutely. I completely, wholeheartedly support it. I think he deserves it, and I do think he deserves to headline his own class. Interesting. Yeah. Parrish, what like, are your thoughts on that? It's actually funny, yeah, because it's on the, the six feet under podcast where you know the the host asked undertaker what he thought about gold dust being in the hall of fame to which uh undertaker himself said absolutely 100 um and again omd like he 
took a gimmick that a lot of people would have said uh, no or handed in the towel. But, you know, back in those days, if Vince McMahon called you and said, I have an idea for you, can you do this? You say, yeah. And you either you sink or you swim with it. And that's kind of how it was back in those days. Um, when you look at kind of the names in the Hall of Fame, you can shake your head, you can agree, you can have whatever you want. It's an opinion at that point. Uh, one of the right. best quotes I heard was today when I was listening to Chris Jericho and Chris Van Vliet when asked about the Hall of Fame, because obviously we know Chris Jericho, Hall of Fame caliber talent. If oh, that yeah. guy was ever agreeing to go in the Hall of Fame, easily he's, you know, he has his own class. Right. But he, he flat out doesn't care about it. And he said one of the things is it's a fictional Hall of Fame. It's something that WWE decided to do and to put. There's no actual building for a Hall of Fame. We've heard rumors and maybe they will make one, maybe they won't. That's, you know, just like a fart in a wind, it's up in the air, right? Yeah. Uh, but what we do know it's when you're a fan of professional wrestling and you're a fan of WWE, that Hall of Fame is fun to watch. It's fun to see. It's fun to see your favorites get put in there. Of course. We can talk. Yeah. We can we can all have our opinion of whether or not we think Goldust is there or not. We're universal with the fact that Dustin Reynolds, uh, Goldust, is, is Hall of Fame caliber. And I think his mm -hmm. brother, Cody Rhodes, would be absolutely fulfilled to be able to say that he has inducted both his father and his brother in the hall of fame. Right. Um, the, the other one being Bray Wyatt and it's very Eddie Guerrero esque because again, this seems like when his career was to be finished, there was no doubt. I think he was a hall of fame worthy person, but the unfortunate passing of Bray earlier this year has kind of, you know, progress this conversation just like it did with Eddie. Um, yeah. And it's one of those making sure we don't forget about him. And by doing that, we have to act now. Um, and I think I've always thought that that was a little premature. Uh, by no means would I dislike if Bray Wyatt was in his Hall of Fame. Do I think Bray Wyatt was a larger superstar than Goldust? He was on his way. Yeah, um, right. The only reason why I say maybe not not right now is because of the length of uh, careers that both men had. Yes, but there was a height that Bray Wyatt hit that even Goldust couldn't. Yes, uh, that even Dustin Reynolds couldn't, and he had a lot more downs than we may like to want to believe. Whereas Bray Wyatt, he did have some downs, but he he made that one move that Dustin Reynolds couldn't, and that was being WWE check. Um, yes. So it's it's hard to argue both guys. I, I, I will agree that Bray deserves to go into the Hall of Fame. I do not believe that Bray deserves to headline his own class. Um, again, his career was cut short, his life cut short. Right but we've never really gotten to see him have a significant run with the title. It almost seemed like he was more of a transitional type of champion, but he got over with his thoughts, with the characters he portrayed mm -hmm. and always adapting. 
Mm -hmm. Um, I also look at going into the Hall of Fame next year. If you look at the location, there is one name that deserves to headline that class, and that is Paul Heyman. I will also say this to counter that. There is a, a case to be made to delay it by a year. And if Mania 41 is going to Minnesota, you put Paul Heyman in with his longest tenured client in Brock Lesnar, if Brock is retired. Right. Well, I don't think they're going <laughs> to not do a Hall of Fame. Um, they've done that once, and uh, guys like Dave Bautista lost out hard on that, and I don't know if they want to do that to many people. That's also a name that could very well go in the headline because I believe yes. he said no to the next year because he wanted that physical uh, Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, he, not not like a physical Hall of Fame, but he wanted to be there, do a speech, and just you know be there in person instead of just oh yes. these people cannot be here kind of a thing. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's really up to debate. It's all opinionated at this point when it comes to like who you know, quote unquote, deserves to be in there. We can all make uh, an argument had for almost anybody. Yeah. But the important thing is that if they were to do this, and this is what I really want, I just want to see the Hall of Fame have its own night devoted to the people. We're not seeing some guy that was on main event three times in his year have a 30-minute speech Well, the main event act gets 15. And I don't want that right. to be overshadowed uh, because obviously the headliner is there. But right. I've gone to many uh, shows during the Cauliflower Alley Club where we're seeing speeches go on for an hour, an hour and a half to the point where you're just like, you're just a baby at that point trying to keep its head, like strength in your head. You're just bobbling right. all over the place at that point oh yeah right i just want and, to see the hall of fame get that class be that respectful aura back in because that's why a lot of people tend to say no towards yes it. and speaking of the hall of fame here's another potential name and this was a gentleman who just signed a legends contract today reportedly and that would be ken shamrock Yes, yes, yes. As JJ uh, previously put out there for us, Shamrock was just given a Legends contract. Um, and yeah, we did talk about him and how he needed to be celebrated more. We recently, within like the last week and a half, discussed that and talked about that. Good for him. I think it's absolutely yeah. fantastic. And I'm happy and, that he's uh, been able to secure this. And I mean, for Ken Shamrock, because we know that way back when he was released and went on to TNA, NWA TNA, and Impact, and all of that, he had a lot of bitter feelings towards the WWE. Right. So was this another one of those cases of TKO and Triple H being able to smooth things over? Quite possibly. Uh, I, I think the best person to ask is Ken Shamrock himself um, and kind of how things came to be. And I think it's very easy at this point to give Triple H uh, those flowers because we've known now through the history, he's the one that's, you know, 
he's bringing a lot of people back. Bruno Sammartino, yeah. he got in the Hall of Fame. That was a large one. He's helped mend a lot of fences. Um, in fact, he probably saved, you know, the, the careers of like Randy Orton, uh, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, just from being that person and that like support system that these people needed during their runs. Um, right. And then you want to look at some of the people that Triple H brought back when he was like, he went to bat for people like bringing in like the who's who since he's took, taken over uh, kind of the helms of creative for WWE. Then now just like the biggest name that you thought was never going back in CM Punk and just what can't this guy do when it comes to smoothing out relationships is I think right. more of a question and, I don't. I, how can you even doubt him at this point in time? And I, I, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, with his career, he knows what these guys have gone through in the ring, out of the ring. Mm -hmm. He's dealt with it. I just saw an interview with him the other day where he was talking about getting the defibrillator put in. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he knows the toll that the industry can take. So I think that's what's really helped his cause in being able to smooth it, things over with these guys. Right. And I think it's really cool. I think it's absolutely amazing that uh, Triple H does have that uh, uh, gift within him to be able to smooth things over. I wonder how he's going to smooth this over, though. We're talking about a guy by the name of Casey Scott Huffman who has filed trademarks back in 2021 for Yeet and Yeet Movement. Yes, that same Yeet that you have been seeing on your WWE screen, although last night in a blurred format at some points, the Yeet has been trademarked and is not able to be used by the WWE in that type of a capacity. I wonder how he's going to be able to smooth that over. Do you guys think, Parrish, we'll start with you. Do you think that this can be smoothed over? Or is this just going to be another one of those, mm, okay, sorry, and we'll change it to something else. I think it could be a little bit of both. I think when it comes to professional wrestling, when it comes to creative people, uh, you know, it's very, it's, it's not difficult. It's not out of the realm that WWE just decides to move forward without the being re referred to on, on the screen. Uh, that is very doable. Do I think a thing, anything can be smoothed over? Absolutely. I think uh, the proof is in the pudding when you look at, you know, what has smoothed over. Um, again, we just talked about how I don't doubt Triple H. And if, if he's there, like you asked, how can he? The answer is money. The answer is very simple. In today's day and age, it's, it's money, it's power, it's whatever. Um, Perhaps it's, hey, you can have free tickets for life to WWE shows. Whether it's uh, for life, you can have a 35% uh, discount on all things on our shop. And like, here, like 
who knows what could happen if a decision to work together is. Um, maybe, just maybe, they say, if you allow us to use yeet, a certain amount of it will go to a cause that you're, you know, the yeet movement. Like, you know, I don't know. But, like, something always can be worked out. But I also wouldn't be shocked if they just decide to move away from it. Does Jay Uso need the word yeet to get over? As we saw last night on Raw, where he just went back to his main event, Jay. No, he doesn't. Does it help uh, his interactions with the fans? Absolutely. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, it's just it's one of those other things that when Roman Reigns was so anti-Yeet, it's kind of funny how uh, he won in all this. <laughs> right? I never <laughs> even thought about that. Damn, dude. Uh-huh. Right? Oh. Yeah, Rebel Chief doesn't have to be on screen to still win. Nope. I'm wondering if maybe, you know, as you alluded to, Paris, the money aspect, maybe you offer him, maybe you offer Casey Scott Huffman a developmental deal for use of it. But, you know, I really, I think they can just transition away from it. Um, For me, like I literally probably a year ago had to ask a friend of mine, what does that actually mean? Because I had no clue. You're old. I am. Um, <laughs> so now it's just like, okay. And now like here they've brought it out and I'm like, really, what is the, what's the point? It's just a word. I mean, and I realize, I believe we discussed this last night. You know, it was the rock that brought, Smackdown to the WWE and then it got into the Oxford Dictionary, just right. like JR and Slobberknocker. What? So you can, I could absolutely see it. I'm sure Yeet's <laughs> probably already in there. Uh, I think it's in the list of banned words. Oh, really? I think nice. so. I could be wrong though. Anyways, it definitely will be interesting to see what happens with this with uh, Mr. Huffman as well as the WWE. Uh, if, you know, Mr. Huffman wants, I'm sure there could be a pretty penny to be made from the WWE for them to acquire the uh, trademark for them to for him to sign that over to them. If they so choose. But at this time, I think that they probably will not and they will just continue to move forward with things the way that they are. Speaking of moving forward with the way that things are, we're going to move forward and actually bring in Mr. Chris Best, who has made his way back <laughs> to his home I, after, uh, I'm on top after some issues. I made it back. Welcome doing the Marvel facility. <laughs> Good to see you. Moving on up like the Jeffa sins. Yeah, I made yeah. it back from our. Lo- I, I made it back from our local medical facility. <laughs> I, I didn't hear the ambulance pull up and see it back in to let you off. So. <laughs> And I think it's great that you have made your way back at this time. We are going to get into like the final thing that we really have here for the night as I try to. Yeah. Chris Best, I just thought you fell yeah. in uh, while you're at the uh, Tickle Tower. So, 
no, no, I don't think that he did. Hopefully not. We are in our final topic for the night here with Turnbuckle Talk. And this one is revolving around something that we talked a little bit about last night, but didn't really figure was who this person was. We're looking at Shinsuke Nakamura with these absolutely amazing promos that he's been able to do in his own native language his own tongue getting the emotion put into that as we read the closed captioned down below and it turns out that on the december 11th edition of monday night raw all of this comes to a i don't even want to say a conclusion but a be- true beginning as Shinsuke Nakamura clashes with Cody Rhodes. Where the hell did that come from? Parrish, I think you can explain that a little bit better than I can. How did this all come about? And why does this make sense? Well, it's very funny with how fitting uh, their stories are because they both have won the Royal Rumble. They both had WrestleMania championship losses. They battled to share a similar story. They both had a quest. A lot of people did not expect to see Cody Rhodes back in the WWE. He came back to win the title that his father never had. Just like Mm -hmm. we never thought Shinsuke Nakamura was going to leave Japan. But he did to win the one title that would cement him as perhaps the greatest Japanese professional wrestler of all time. And he became the first Japanese male to win the Royal Rumble. He was on the verge of making history, just like Cody Rhodes is on, was on the verge of finally shutting down the island of relevancy. And they both right. failed. They both have failed when it comes to that number one prize. Mm-hmm. So to see maybe Cody Rhodes propel when Shinsuke is not, it's very intriguing because ever since Cody came back, he's been going in a different wave. And the mm-hmm. one wave he never really went to was to one that Shinsuke doesn't like to ride in his spare time. So it's very intriguing to see that because even though they come from completely different paths, the means to their end is still very similar. Um, So yeah, I I really liked it, especially when we got to see Shinsuke explain every little detail that he did. Because on first thought, you say Shinsuke and Cody, okay, I have time to see this. But now understanding the backstory and understanding the reason why Shinsuke has targeted Cody, it's more intriguing than we thought. It's almost like this is the feud we always wanted, but we never thought of. Right. Now I'm going to ask this question here because I just don't know because I don't watch enough New Japan. When Cody went over, did they ever face off over there? Or was Shinsuke already in WWE? Shinsuke was already in the WWE. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Um, So you've got that aspect. Let's go to the 
history of Japan and the U.S. with World War II and Pearl Harbor. Um, you've got this is all you, man. I'm I'm doing the Abe Harmon <laughs> right. Homer. No, right now. no, I'm I'm gonna bring it up. Um, <laughs> I realize that this is controversial, but I don't mind being the guy that's gonna stir that pot. Um, I believe that that will play sort of a minor factor. I don't think it will really be mentioned. Um, so there Very is that, there is that could be that element added in as well. I mean, if you take a look as we, as you alluded to both of their stories intertwining, you've had that rivalry with Cody and Seth, you've had that rivalry with Shinsuke and Seth. Now, is that what's going to maybe align Cody and Seth? Because now you've got Drew on this warpath and trying to take out everybody. So now you can add that tag team match of Shinsuke and Drew versus Cody and Seth to grow that and maybe brew that into a bit of a rivalry. Very possible. I think you need I think you need to distance Seth and Cody right now. Okay. Let them go off and do their own thing. Um but I got to say this whole thing with uh, Shinsuke and uh Cody. Cody wasn't even on my radar with these promos. There was, you know, there was a lot of other names that I had thought of like I even I thought Chad Gable and we got that. I thought Otis and we got that. I thought even CM Punk cuz after Everybody's saying that, and I went back and rewatched some of those promos. I did see those uh, those hints towards Punk, right? And then Parrish bringing up the possibility of Okada coming in, and I saw the hints to Okada as well in those promos. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of what these promos were and what they will be, because I get a feeling that after the Cody feud. Shinsuke's going to continue doing them and hinting at other feuds that he wants, you know? Yeah. And I hope I, so. I do and I don't. I don't want it to come to a point where that's just uh, the norm for him after right. that, right? I, I want that he's able to evolve and change and do, and do things a little bit differently. Um, you know, maybe keep the same formatting of things, but able to yeah. put a different little twist on two things, right? Right, right. Yeah. Like for his next feud, he can immediately jump out and attack whoever his next feud's going to be, and then make those cryptic remarks as to why he did what he did. You know, right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. This was this was just something that definitely was not on my radar either when it comes to Cody Rhodes, but I am loving it, and I love that we uh, got confirmation that we will be seeing this matchup happen. And I'm hoping that it is an actual um, little feud that actually goes on and that it isn't just going to be this one match done over with Shinsuke now moves over to somebody else on his way to the top. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I, yeah. Yeah. I get a feeling that it's going to continue and it's going to be your main feud going into the Royal Rumble match. Okay. That's the vibe that I'm getting out of it. I was going to say, I could see this ending in a match at the Royal Rumble. It could it could still go that way, OMD, but like I could see these two encountering each other 
in the Royal Rumble match, leading to one of them throwing the other out, you know? Absolutely. Right. Well, yeah, surprise, and- OMD. We're getting it next week. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. And I kind of like that because we need we need stuff to kind of tease us between these almost two months between now and the Royal Rumble. Uh, this is a very long time between, you know, their last PLE and their next. So right. we need the, that filler, but it's it can't just be filler. We need intriguing content between now and then because if I am asked to once again follow Cody's story to WrestleMania, and again it starts at the Royal Rumble, then there can't be lulls. You had a very close call with Brock Lesnar. Right. Do I truly care enough about this? But it's Brock and it's Cody, and those two alone kept you through it because... Maybe the story, maybe the way some of the matches folded out, they didn't necessarily hit you in that in that right spot. But okay. now we have a story, a really good, intriguing backstory that could also shed how dangerous a villain Shinsuke is and a much of a threat he could be to affecting Cody's second attempt. Of finishing his story at WrestleMania. So the more evil Shinsuke is, the more hated he becomes, the more sympathy we're going to get for Cody Rhodes when that moment of finishing that story does come to fruition. So if by chance this is an attempt to make us care once again for Cody Rhodes, I think they're on a really good start. In fact, I'm leaning towards more of a one-sided loss for Cody on Monday night to allow this to continue. Yeah. That's what I was thinking as well. Um, I can see them really giving a push to Shinsuke Nakamura, especially with all of this vignettes that he has been doing and allow him this time for him to finish his story let's just say it that way and cody's gonna take the l in this situation to help further that story not only for shin but for him as well it will happen right one's gonna get that that shine the other one's gonna get that oh damn i still can't make it to the end of my story i have to still push forward again yep i think they're i think they're both gonna end up with that shine regardless of who wins or loses in this feud though because right. this is complete this is a completely fresh feud and they're gonna put on one hell of a friggin' match next week yep yeah they are and then that's if, if they do actually have a full-on match because i would not be shocked if we have a tease for a match but maybe Shinsuke didn't really want a match. Maybe he wanted to make a statement. Maybe he wanted to attack Cody once again. Play those mind games because it's a very long time we've seen the mind games actually work. The last time I would say that I felt that they were working was when Seth Rollins faced Roman Reigns two years ago at the Royal Rumble. And okay. he even showed up in the shield gear for the match. 
and it really felt he's now in the head of Roman Reigns. Um, Especially when they brought up, you know, the shield and how it ended and all that stuff. Um, To me, this is a very intriguing way of Shinsuke getting in the mind of Cody Rhodes, who since he's come back has been probably one of the more headstrong talent on the main roster. Sometimes right. you question if he's all there, but that's because he's more stubborn and tough because he's wrestling a Hell in a Cell with a torn pack, or he's wrestling Brock Lesnar with a quote-unquote injured shoulder or broken arm. So yeah. now that we're seeing somebody like this take a mental approach, it, it really reminds this form of Shinsuke we talked about him in the Hall of Fame. Kind of reminds me of a Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And the last time we me saw a, a mind games being played was actually Nakamura and Seth Rollins as well. Yes. Yeah, but a lot more physicality off the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah I, I this... mean, I, I, I'm. I'm all for this version of Shinsuke because it changes him completely and it makes him more dangerous. Um, I don't know if you guys remember carrying cross when he had like the card and he would flip a card and that's who's his next mm-hmm. opponent was. Yep. And he was like, okay, it was mm-hmm. your happiness from Riddick Moss. I'm going to take your happiness away from you. Um, yeah. And that really never set out. Like that really never like caught on fire. No, it didn't. Which is but unfortunate. But these promos for Shinsuke, they're gaining more and more intrigue. They're gaining more and more interest. And because of that, you're becoming more invested in Shinsuke. And I think this is just the tip of the iceberg so far. There's a lot more to come. So to answer that question, is this how he's going to do uh, get in the head of a lot of his opponents? Part of me kind of hopes so. But part of me hopes Mm -hmm. that they're always different. because having that villain who is just smarter than you and knows how to men- mentally mess with you, that could be one of the biggest and most dangerous people of all, especially right. when we look in the past when, again, we talked about nostalgic. Some of those guys, whether it's your Waylon Mercy's, even Jake Roberts, those guys were always viewed as very dangerous uh, people to cross cross around so time will tell time definitely will tell you know what i want you to tell everybody parish where they can find you on the socials that's what i want you to tell everybody uh well they're all down there and then there's a, a welcome addition you see that beautiful tiktok because i figured hey if cm punk can return to wwe chris parish can get his ass on t- the tiktok um, and you can also follow me on, on the Facebook as, uh, I do a lot of, uh, my streaming now on my Facebook channel, as well as my YouTube at youtube.com, uh, at Chris Parrish, as well as my Twitch at twitch.tv slash TV Chris Parrish, where this Sunday, once again, 12, 15 PM Eastern, you might've seen me with an old show, but there is a new show. It's called the Chris Parrish podcast. Last Sunday I was brought our, I had Joshua Joseph on with me. Uh, if everything works out, he will be joining me once again. I just want to let everyone know he could be a permanent stay. 
But right now, I'm going to test the waters. I am going to have a lot of people there. And just so everyone knows, wrestling, we're going to talk wrestling almost all the time. But not all the time because it's not just not necessarily just wrestling. So make sure you check it out because it's going to be fun. We're going to have some fun conversations. And I think it's something that people are going to enjoy. Perfect. Mr. Chris Best, your turn. All right. You can find me at youtube.com at chrisdamage83, twitch tv uh, slash cbrs underscore entertainment, threads.net at cbestfilms83, facebook.com chris.best83, tiktok.com cbrs.entertainment. You can find me 8 p.m. Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, with these three fine gentlemen doing the raw watch along on Turnbuckle Studios. You can also catch me here mostly every week because i did miss most of this episode <laughs> 805 eastern turnbuckle talk on turnbuckle studios as well omd well again i can be found on facebook under my real name daniel horrific on snapchat at one man dynamic capitals on omd on twitch at omd 17 and now on discord at omd 6370 as well as chris best alluded to i am right here with these three fine gentlemen on monday nights with the raw watch along i'm here rain or shine for turnbuckle talk tuesdays at 805 and on thursdays at eight o'clock with the boar's nest with bubba duke and for me, you can find all of my information at my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Carl Carafel. That is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash K-A-R-L-K-A-R-U-F-E-L. As always, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for joining us here today. There are a couple quick things that I need to make sure I get out of the way for everyone. And some thank yous to People like our friends over at realwrestling.net. News and views by real fans happening over there. Turnbuckle Talk is part of that family at realwrestling.net, which means that we are international, baby. Colorandelbowbrand.com. My good friend Al Snow created that company. I'm wearing the hat as always. Check out collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code JKPODCAST. Get 10% off your entire purchase. If you're looking for any merchandise from Turnbuckle Talk or the Raw Watch Along, you can check out the Redbubble account, carlcarafel.redbubble.com. And if you need to pick me up, look no further than Rogue Energy. Use the promo code PERISH and get yourself 10% off your entire order every single time. Thank you. I forgot that. That's okay. For Chris Parrish, <laughs> for Chris Best, for OMD, and myself, Carl Carafel, this has been another edition of Turnbuckle Talk. Roots. It's what we're back to. Remember, everyone, the world's a scary place. Take care of each other. <laughs>